You are now tuned in to the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? This is Superlative, a podcast about watches, the people behind them, and the worlds that inspire them. Spending time with the Blog to Watch community and the stories we discover. Let's get started. Hey everyone, this is Ariel Adams, and welcome to the Superlative Podcast. I am joined by someone I've known for a long time and who I think you'll really enjoy hearing from, Mr. George Bamford, who has had many, many interesting projects in the watch industry. George, how are you? I am amazing. God, it's so nice to be here and uh, nice to be talking to you. So I really am excited about uh, some of the questions, but uh, also happy to just chat. Oh, good. We're going to grill you. You're going to have to get out your encyclopedia uh, of watch knowledge. I, oh did, my you know, God. Do you know that happened to me? About oh, no. a few weeks ago, I was on a show that lasted. It was a wonderful show, but I'm not kidding you. It was over three hours long. And at the oh, end, wow. they had this trivia prepared. where It was like a machine gun style set of like trivia questions that I was just supposed to know. Now, the oh, odd thing God. is I got them 100% right. So that was good. Um, was Google scared. your friend? No, I, 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 I'm like, I've got my laptop on. I'm now like, Christ, have I got to Google something very quickly? Look, we know that in, in the watch industry, it's going to be so easy to confuse someone. There's going to be some obscure name or reference or idea. Yeah. Like, it would be so simple to confuse you or me. That's not the point, right? Yeah, it's it, it's about it's about actually just enjoying. And, you know, I think that's that's what, you know, what you're what you do on your website is exactly that you you say about watches that make you smile you you know their watches are about actually enjoyment you know yes, and that's having that, fun that, that's for me what i've constantly said is you know i i think that you and i were talking a while ago about uh, oddball watches weird watches because I, I i'm i'm kind of i always say i'm a magpie i love looking at kind of weird and wonderful watches because i love design of it and you are, that's the thing. People like, they see you, you're part of a prestigious family. You, you've had certain businesses. But when it comes down to it, what I try to explain people is like, you are a creative, you are a designer. Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, well, uh, yes and no. I, 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 I love design. I tell you, I absolutely love design. I, I love understanding a watch. You know, every time I buy a watch, and this sounds really bad, I, I now I've got watchmakers uh, working for me in 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 the hive in in the centre of London. Uh, that's, that's your office. Townhouse. Everyone needs to yeah. know that's what you call your office. Yeah. So yeah, we call it the hive because uh, my wife and I, when when we brought the business, brought the office, uh, we were called Mr. and Mrs. B uh, because of Bamford. So uh, so then it became the Beehive, and then it became the hive. So anyway, um, I've got the watchmakers up there, and what I love doing is. Um, I buy a watch and then I love to understand how it works. Um, so I, I go up with the watchmakers and we take it to bits and we have a look at it. And that for me is one of the coolest things is actually understanding how this watch works. Now you could ask me, you know, all these different things, but you know, let's take um, a Yale Kutra snowdrop, the how or a Mamavox style thing where the alarm, how it works, and you just go, and it's got this wonderful little shape underneath and how the case fits in. And for me, that was kind of, you know, one of those things that you just go, wow, that's awesome. It was hard and to make those alarms awesome. sound great, right? Like they were a good yeah. idea, but a lot of them sounded awful. So if you had a mechanical alarm 
that wasn't one of those modern chiming ones that are pretty. Yeah. Like they sound, they sounded like a watch was about to explode. Let's be honest. It 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 does. But do you know what? <laughs> it was amazing is how they use the case as the as the noise. Yeah. Uh, and 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 that that for me was amazing as how the movement and everything fitted over the alarm functionality. It was a bell. They turned the watch case into a bell, basically. Exactly. You're totally right. But that's that's kind of, you know, when I say to you, cabinet of, uh, not cabinet of curiosity, but I, I, that's how my mind sees things is I, I'm highly dyslexic. So for me, reading and writing is not the best. And so I, I love doing I love I love even when I'm designing. I love actually deep diving into it and, and looking at the design and going, that doesn't work, this hands don't work, this color doesn't work, this, this, you know, and, and that's for me, I'm more, um, you know, photographically um, minded. Let me say why I think that's important because you take this for granted, but okay, so let's say, what is the opposite? What is it not to be design oriented as George is and as I am and other people are? What that means is you are maybe like brand oriented where you can't judge design quality, but you can judge brand popularity, maybe like rarity or value oriented where like, yes, this is a higher number than this other one. So I think this is more prestigious, but to be a design oriented watch aficionado is sort of the, the most unpretentious sort of puristic. It can get pretentious, of course, but like it's, it's a very legitimate democratic way of being into watches, whereas a lot of other reasons to be into watches are much more easily stigmatized for being about status or lack culture and taste. And so you would, I would say to other people, oh, he's in it for the right reasons. Well, you know, for me, I, 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 as I said, magpie, I, I love things. I, I love design. I love watches. You know, um, I, I have a lot of flack from people about quartz movements, but I love the quartz <laughs> movement because of what it did. Um, and, what it, and it, you know, decimated the watch world. So you have to respect something like the quartz movement. The G-Shock that we launched this year, I mean, like that for me was something that was so kind of left field for people to realize. But it's something that I love. I love the G-Shock. It's so freaking How, how cool. did it come out? You So everyone, so uh, there was a Bamford collaboration G-Shock watch that was black with sort of this electric blue that is very often used by Bamford Watch Department. And um, yeah, so how was it in person? Um, so I, I've, I've got a few little watches in front of me because I, I thought that this was going to be on screen. So I was kind of going to show you on screen. Next time, but, George, um, come on. Next time, I'm sorry. Um, but what I would say to you is how did it come out? It came out amazingly. Um, sales were actually a total shock. Um, I, I don't, I'm not one of these great fans of something selling out so quickly that you annoy people that you don't get it because that for me annoys me. Um, and we, we, with G-Shock, we were talking about numbers and, and they wouldn't tell me the exact numbers, but you know, they were, they were good. So it's the largest run I've ever done as, as well, look, a limited edition G-Shock is still usually over a thousand pieces. Yeah. So it's, and it, this would have been more than that. And, and, you know, and these are what I, what I call Yorkshire maths. It's kind of, you know, uh, it's like I've put two plus two plus two to, to make this, but we had in my business, we had quite a lot of watches, uh, G-Shocks in the business. And I had, what I would say to you is my uh, friends and family, but also influencer um, set of G-Shocks. Um, and one of the people in my team, um, put everything onto the online store, 
Um, and I was away at the, the, the I was away at the uh, the day when it went live on the online store, and I came into the office, and they said that everything had sold uh, wow. within three minutes. And a lot of so, stuff. Congratulations! So, it was a beautiful product. Yeah, but why I'm saying to you about that is, firstly, it it slightly annoyed me because I've got I had to then go and buy them from Beaverbrooks um, for full <laughs> price um, because I, my family um, uh, I was I was wanting oh this is coming out you have a, you Christmas. have to give away a lot of gifts I get it you had to buy them no, yourself no 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 I actually wanted to buy them for my family for Christmas so it, it so they they, they uh, yeah, if my parents are listening to this, uh, um, underneath the Christmas tree is your G-Shock. Um, but what I would say to you is I went to Beaverbrooks and brought um, brought a, um, X amount of them for my family members. And that was, and, and it really bugged me because I was, because I knew that I could buy them. I, I, anyway, I, I knew the uh, wholesale and retail price and I was like, oh Christ. Uh, but it was so nice to realize that this had sold out. Um, it annoyed me because there was a lot of customers that were just like, hey, you are, a, you know, such and such because, you know, you sold out so quickly, you didn't do enough run, all these type of things. But what I, what was interesting for me on this was this was the largest run we've ever done. And for it to sell out on, on our website in three minutes, that for Must me... Must have felt good. Must have felt good. It, 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 it felt good, but then I was like... Christ, I've got nothing to give my family. And and even my wife, I mean, literally, she was just like, well, where's mine? And I was like, um, oh. Um, there are okay. There is a world of other things to get them, let's be honest. No, there, of course there is. <laughs> but, but the coolest thing is because, because of our surname, the watch says Bamford on it. I'm like going, this is damn cool. And it was also the most affordable watch that I could actually <laughs> give my family and give them all. I'm like, that was the, the great thing was I was to say, like, oh my God. But that, look, you know, when you're saying about the delivery, the packaging was amazing. Um, Casio, when they came to see us, they were like, what do you want to do? And I was just like, well, this is what I want to do is I want to turn the box on its side and I want to actually have your metal tin, but not the metal tin. I want to have it so then it stands up and it looks like almost like a um, an award uh, type thing. And then you pull off the watch. And, and so the boxing for me was one of the design processes. So I was like, this is what I want to do for the box. And then on the watch, I mean, literally it was, I think there was two changes to the original design and that was it. Um, and they were like, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, for them to kind of, I think they were shocked and we were shocked about how quickly it sold out. Because on ours, it was three minutes and on theirs, it was five minutes. And then there was a queue around the block in the G-Shocks store in London. And that for me shocked me because I was just like, we're in a pandemic and there's still a queue around the block. Does that mean that you should run for political office in the UK? You know, they need politicians. I think, I think we were, no, uh, no, definitely, no, uh, no, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not tooting my own whistle on this. I was shocked. I was very, very no, shocked. No, that means you're popular. It. That means the people no, believe I in your voice. I think the design, I think the design is popular. And I think that was the great thing is the design. It is a great watch. And this is when you were saying about design, you know, it's an iconic watch. G-Shock has been a part of my history of, of watch collecting in my life. And this watch was one of those that kind of, you know, literally connected to me but connected to i think other people you know big collectors and this was you know a lot of very big collectors 
have a G-Shock and had this G-Shock. I mean, even down to, you know, I'll talk to talk about one of your um, competitors to a degree as Hoodinkee's just launched with John Mayer, their G-Shock. And you look at that and you go, that's absolutely amazing. You know, so yeah. you've kind of got these two things that have gone. I wore more G-Shock this last year than any other type of watch. Yeah. I, I mean, easily. And you easily. feel safe with a G-Shock. And, and, you know, if it's cool and if it's something different, you feel like, actually, this is amazing. I, that's the thing is, for me, you know, like what I said to you, Magpie watches, I love watches that are a bit different. That If you know, you know. But if you don't, it doesn't matter. But you're not saying this is how much I'm worth. It's more things that you just go, actually, I really love that. Like a, a, a Hoya calculator. You know, if you know about a Hoya calculator, you're like, yeah, actually, that that's awesome. Or <laughs> a Patek television, you know, that's a quartz movement, amazing watch. Fucking weird looking. Sorry, excuse my French. Sorry, I shouldn't swear. But it was weird looking. But cool as cool as a cucumber or the IWC engineer that if you really want to know about the Gerogenta designs, the engineer should be one of the most expensive yeah. out there. But it's yeah, not. And, and they've made they've look, they've made some amazing engineers, some weird ones. I mean, you know how it ta- it just takes the sort of like mainstream collector community, they're more like a herd. And for them to learn about it and get into it, it it's it's just a slow moving kind of beast. I wanted to ask you actually about working with Casio, what do you prefer working with the Swiss, the uh, the Japanese brands? How are they different? Because you've you've had a lot of brand relationships. You can now sort of explain which ones uh, are easier and make more sense to you. Each size is is different to work with. Yeah, they are different to work with. But as long as you deliver a design that that you're proud of and you can back into, and you can say, actually, this is why I've done it. This is the reasons, and if you have proper reasons for doing it, most of the guys, most sorry, most of the most of the people that you're talking to, they really understand. They're just like, oh my god, I love that. Yeah, let's do this, or let's you know, let's have two or three design tweaks. Um, you know, we've just launched the Aqua Racer, as you know, and and you know, the, it was back and forth. Uh, the only thing that was back and forth on was um, the sizing of the Bamford logo versus the Tag Heuer logo. Um, I wanted the Bamford logo to be a lot smaller, and they kept on bumping up the um, the sizing. Logo. <laughs> uh, and and I, and that was kind of one of those things where where I I was like, no, it has to be this size, and it ha-. and that was you know, and and those are the things that were kind of like, oh yeah. Um, and um, so where I say to you is where with uh, G-Shock, it was like, no, you can't make that little bit aqua blue because we can't in the mold. So, you know, I was like, oh, okay. You know, and so they, you know, it wasn't like, oh, you know, this is what you, you could do. I, like I wanted it to be a aqua blue glow. And then they're like, no, you can't do that because of this. And as soon as you know a parameter, you go, and you're yeah, like, okay. okay, I get it. The Swiss don't now, I get it, you know, Very, and, yeah. and and Fair and opaque. with you know, and you know, if you know the stipulations and you know the parameters, then you can you can design. I mean, it's uh, you know, you look at the that design element and you go, yeah, I like that. And even down to like even boxes and and you know, we were talking about the G Shop box and and they had to fit on a pallet and it had to fit on this way and it had, to, and so that's why I kind of was designing it in a different way. So. I'm going to change topic for a second here, going back yeah. to a different part of your life. And I think this is a part of your life that we can talk about a lot more in a future conversation. But you really got to start 
being in the watch industry by being an aftermarket modifier yeah. of Rolex watches. And what you really popularized was the sort of blackout look of taking a Rolex watch and coding it in black. And that's not a straightforward process. That's not easy to do. That take, requires a lot of experimentation and stuff like that. You had at your disposal some family assets to help. Tell a little bit about the story about what it was like to, you know, coding a Rolex watch in black and getting it done right. What, what, what sort of interesting anecdotes about that? So I can tell you that the first, um, you know, I, I, I can roll back at the first watch that we did. You know, the first, first watch I ever did. Um, I wanted to create the Dark Lord. That was my first ever watch. Was okay, so that's not Monaco. a Rolex. Tag. No, that wasn't. So that was a Tagwear Monaco. And I got given it. Uh, I was, um, I was at a, what you would say is a Concorde d'Elegance. Uh, I'm probably saying it totally wrong. Um, it was a car thing. <laughs> car thing. Um, and I was, um, basically, I was uh, with my father and his car won. And the, uh, the reward uh, for winning uh, and that means that, you know, the car was a beautiful car. Uh, the reward for winning was a Tag Heuer Monaco. And I was like, this is cool. And I wore it and I was like, yeah, I love it. And blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, and then I, I found a Tag Heuer um, catalog that was uh, um, a catalog of vintage Tag Heuers. Um, I can't remember what the, and it was, it was a sale of very famous, uh, and I think it was called the, Hasslinger collection or something, and it was and it was a whole thematic sale of Tag Heuer, and I saw the Dark Lord in in that collection, and I was like, I want the Dark Lord, matte black, matte black, and it was a black dial with orange hands. I still haven't got the Dark Lord, so just just saying, if anyone <laughs> hears this and they've got a good one, I really am looking for a Dark Lord. But that, but it, but yeah, it's like you'll know when the post. show goes up because you'll have a very full like inbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, DM me on Instagram if you've got a dark lord. I, do you know, the strange thing is, I, you're talking about that. Um, I um, I was on, what was I on? I was on, a, uh, I think it was Time and Tide, or it was someone's podcast I was on recently. And I, um, I said to them uh, that I'm looking for a Carrera. Oh, no, actually, this was Tag Heuer. I said, I'm looking for the digital Carrera. And they're quite rare to find. And this oh, is a black dial with, with, with normal hands and then a digital thing. And I can't remember what they're called, but, they, but it's got an offset um, uh, adjustment. And I thought, this is absolutely cool. Anyway, uh, two days ago, someone messaged me on DM and just said, George, I've just found you. It's on eBay right now. Um, and it's, and it's uh, buy it now for this amount. And I was like, okay. Wow. Uh, and literally, I, and uh, it's it's at my office at the moment. Uh, my watchmakers are having a look at it, uh, and they keep on sending me um, WhatsApp images and saying, "Oh my God, the movement hasn't been touched for X amount of time. We've just got to change the battery. That it's now the LCD lights come on." And I'm like, I can't wait to see the watch. So, wow. so, so what I'm saying to you is, yeah, hopefully someone will DM me about Dark Lords, but you um, they're out I, there. They're out there. You'll get one. Yeah, no, they are out there. But so you try, okay, so you tried to make one. Let's go back to that because we could go. We yeah, could go sorry, dark lord. Sorry, <laughs> I, you, you can see I digress quite quickly. But um, anyway, so I tried to make a dark lord, um, and the great thing was, um, so yes, I come from uh, a family of engineers. 
Um, when I uh, when I was eight, I learned how to weld um, on the uh, shop floor, and I learned how to put an engine to put it together and take it to bits. Uh, that was my summer holidays. Um, and because of me being dyslexic, I love taking it. it. It was my only way is doing stuff with my hands. So I was always taking the juicer to bits, taking TVs to bits. So anyway, that was kind of, and we, uh, my family are, are, are come from, you know, I come from a construction family. Um, and so we, we do engineering um, machine, construction machinery. Um, and anyway, I, um, I went to see the R&D department there and they said, oh, you know, uh, I said, how do I make steel black? And they said, well, paint it. And I said, no, no, there must be another way of making steel black. Because if you paint it, it rubs off, and that's not what yeah. you want. And I was like, no, no, we can't have that. And they were like, okay. And they said, well, there is something in, in the mining industry that's a drill, and it was coating to uh, anti-friction, anti-lubrication drill system. Um, and it was a, a PVD process. Um, and they said, we found a company up in um, Scotland that have one of these units. And so me popping up to Scotland with the watch, and I'd taken it to bits myself. And I went to them and I said, um, can you make this black? And they were like, yeah, we can't, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll try. And, I, <laughs> I, and I, was, I was watching this thing going into this chamber. And this thing, this this unit that I, the first unit, I mean, firstly, I would say is most of the labeling on it was Chinese, um, and secondly, I've never seen so much gas coming out of a unit in my life. <laughs> it, it, it was kind of like, I mean, so steampunk in its way of kind of looking at this thing. It's a, would, it's like I, a particle blasting machine. It's very dramatic. It, no, but this was like even worse than, you know, it, it, like now we've, you know, we've got amazing systems, but then this was the most antiquated. I mean, like literally the guy <laughs> hit it with a hammer partway through to make sure that the motor is carrying, going around. Um, but gloss kind of milky black process uh, done on the Monaco. And that basically started the business. Um, and that's why, you know, I constantly talk to you, uh, sorry, why, it was the carbon Monaco that I uh, we launched, I think, five years ago of, uh, at Basel. I, I the one with the, the blue? Yeah, with the blue. I think it was that about was five really years nice. ago. That was really now, nice. Yeah, but that was an homage to the Dark Lord. So that, Well, different colors. I, yeah, but it was a black case. And the black pusher and the crown with the homage to the Dark Lord. So for me, it was always... I've, I, you know, and it started that relationship with Tagoya. But anyway, I'm I'm kind of jumping in, around a bit. But what I would say to you is, that first watch was the kind of light bulb moment. Oh my God, this may actually work. And then people then started going, Oh yeah, I I would love one. And um and at the time, um uh, we had so I was a photographer. Um I was I was at Parsons in New York. Um. And I was I was a photographer. My path was photography only, and my hobby my hobby business was going to flea markets and trading watches, and that was just me hobbying. And back anyway, when you could do that type of thing, like that, you, like one can't even do that right now with, no, with vintage no, no. watches. Uh, okay, in better times where you could hug people and and uh, and high five and handshake, you know, it's now you're in a different time. But it was very much that was the time when you could go. 
Uh, and I used to love it. I used to go to uh, flea markets and go, oh my God, that's a Plowpoff. And can I trade a Plowpoff for, for this? And the, But the Monaco was the kind of the first lightning bolt moment of saying, yeah, actually this could work. And and then it started over a summer and, and basically people were like, oh, could you do this? Could you do this? Could you do this? And and it just and it was all done through AOL and Hotmail. <laughs> so that's how bloody old this business is. I mean, like it's I think it's eighteen or nineteen years old as as a business. And I keep on right. being corrected. You know, I'm just thinking about you know you you said to me a while ago uh, when we first met, and we first met in a bathroom in an amazing house in LA. And, uh, and and I, that could be I, I taken to, out of context. Yeah, no, 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 definitely not. You did an interview in a bathroom because there's too many people in the house. Um, uh, but what was amazing was to actually be and to think that you and I met, and I can't remember how long ago, but that was a hell of a long time ago. And it feels even further away now, sitting here today. I think it was because, about a decade ago. Yeah. So so that's kind of how long I've. I've known you, and uh, you know, you think about um, all of the businesses that have kind of grown and built, and you know, I remember meeting you a decade ago. I remember meeting um, Ben from Hadinkia. Uh, you know, age like when I first started out, he started. Out. You know, all of us started out about the same time, so it's kind of like we were all just feeling our way and doing something that we were having fun with. Now, let's talk about fun a little bit because I think it explains why guys are into watches. They are, in a sense, a toy that you can enjoy as an adult. Yeah. Would you agree with that statement or disagree? Yes, but my son has got a Formula One, um, original Formula One, um, and he's really young. Uh, he's under five, and he's got a, a little blue That's Formula a good one. watch for a kid. Um, Classic and, and everything. You know, one of the small ones, because they did a kid's version. Right. Um, that's a cute uh, watch. I love that watch. And for me, it was like, it was an eBay find. I think it was... Uh, I gave it to him last Christmas and he wears it most of the time going to school. And Hard to I, and find those in good condition because they were used like crazy. Well, they were. Um, but also you can find some great stuff. I mean, I collect stopwatches on uh, on uh, eBay and, and literally, and the maximum I was paid about 200 quid, but it's so about $300 or probably $200 now. But what I, what I say to you is I, I, I kind of, I love, doing ebay finds but that was is it is it a grown-up or is it a a grown-up um thing to have a watch i i you know do, does everyone tell the time by the watch on their wrist do they keep the same date uh, you know the right date on their watch on their wrist most people i've seen don't have the right date and sometimes they don't set the right time oh does that make you crazy well, no, because I, I, I'm I'm saying this, and I've just looked at my watch, and and I haven't got the right date on it, so that really pisses me off that I haven't done it to me. But why I'm saying my this watch to you, thinks it's Monday. Don't worry. Yeah, well, mine mine at the moment is saying it's the fourth, so uh, I I haven't set the date. Stupid me, but uh, no, it's anyway. like one of those things. You wear the watch for one day. You're like, is it really yeah. worth the extra thirty seconds? No. Do you know? For me, I normally I normally get into that but anyway what i would say to you is that most people are telling the time by their phone um you know accurate time (laughs) accurate time accurate date they're telling it by that 
But what they're having is this watch. You know, I put a watch on for me. I don't put it on to shoot my cuff and show off. Well, these um, days you wear, have to do it for you. Yeah, of course you do. I mean, you know, when when this pandemic hit, I thought, I, I looked at all my watches and I thought, you're worth nothing. So am I happy with the watches I've got in my collection? And I was like, hell yes. And yeah. that, that was a really joyous moment that I went, actually, I've got some really cool watches that make me smile. And, you know, and I put it on and I put it on because I like the aesthetic or I like the bracelets or I like the the uh, sound or I like the the way the movement moves when you move your wrist. I, you know, whatever it is, I like that because of that. And I and, you know, for maybe maybe a, a hot second, but actually it's probably a, a minute, a, a day. I looked through the watches and I kept on trying each one on and going does this bring me joy? And I was kind of almost being that Japanese of, does this bring me joy? If it doesn't, get rid of it. And there's no watch I got rid of. And you, but you have to do that from time to time because, they're, right, if you have something in your household, in your life that does not bring you joy, it's actually yeah. oftentimes healthy to, to evict it. Yeah, exactly. So, so okay, so, anyway. so toy or not a toy? For me, I'm like, the the art of aging as a kid gracefully is the, is one of the best things a man can aspire to. I'm okay with that, but I don't know that everyone shares that opinion. Well, you know, I don't think it's, a, I, I, I don't, I, I think it is, I love the engineering side of the watches. You have to. Uh, same, same with cars. You know, I love cars and I love watches and uh, have big toy, have small toys gone to big toys. Yes, to a degree. But I think it is that still the, the curiosity of the mind how do they do that? Why do they do that? You know, you think about the in-depth detail of making a movement, you know, how you've got to do it. I just look at that and I think, wow. You're, it's easy to be romanced by that. But the idea is that these are tools and you and I are at heart tool nerds, but they're yeah. tools that we can't actually use to their full potential, i.e. they're toys, i.e. we're playing because someday we'd like to use them for their potential. <laughs> but we get enjoyment out of playing with these toys, which is socially acceptable as adults. Yes and no. I, I'd say to you, <laughs> look, I, I've just, look, we've just launched the Aqua Racer. Um, and for me, the reason why I wanted this watch, you know, this year is about the Carrera year. So really, I should, be, I should have been looking at a Carrera. But the reason why I wanted an Aqua Racer is because I wanted the ultimate tool watch. I wanted a watch that you... I wanted it lightweight. I wanted it to be something that you don't have to be like your iPhone. You have to polish the bezel or you have to polish it and you're scared of a scratch on it. We did a, a matte titanium. So it's lightweight. Uh, it was it was matte so you could actually wear it and beat it around and enjoy it. Um, you know, you, I, everything about it was, yes, I could go anywhere. It's like a Land Rover Defender. You you can jump in it and you know that you could go off-roading in it. That's and that's right. what, I, it's what like, I do. It's a it's a luxury watch, but it looks like it really wants to get out there and get dirty a little bit and have an adventure. Yeah. Um, I'm holding it in my hand right here. And it's, oh. you know, it's everything you say it is. Honestly, you have some other designs I really admire, but I feel that this is the best tool watch you've made, right? Because everything else you've done, you've designed that I can think of for the most part is a, it's an artistic piece in, in a cool way, but you created a tool. Like this could have legitimately been used by any number of sporty professionals, so to say. And that's 
that's hard to do, right? Like people don't realize like to actually come across with making a unique tool, it can take years to do that. And so congratulations. Well, thank you very much. I, look, I, I, and I, I'm saying thank you because I'm first. I'm pleased you put it in your wrist, uh, on your in front of you. But I would also say to you about it is, you know, this for me is I go climbing, I go, I drive a car, I, I go diving. Um, over the summer, when I got given the watch as the prototype, I went surfing in it. I went climbing in it. I, 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 and this is all UK based. Um, and I literally, I, I tried to go diving, but the wetsuits really didn't keep me that warm. So diving. Yeah, when you have like UK, a, you have to have at least eleven millimeters. You, basically, yeah, you're yeah, you're yeah. in a dry suit at that point. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, I just give up the will to live on that one. But for me, this, you know, but jumping off cliffs, doing, you know, this watch is that thing that I didn't have to worry. I didn't have to go, oh my God, I've got a scratch on it. Oh my God, you know, um, I, you know, I've got to polish it because the jewel polishing of it or the bezel, you know, um, I'm concerned about the bezel or, you know, everything about this was like, you know, I wanted this to be that thing where you just go, yeah, I can wear this. Yeah, I can go anywhere in it. And that's also, you know, I can kind of break it down to a, the other thing is, why did we do a gloss or a gloss um, ring dial? It was because I thought, actually, that's where the preciousness goes is when you look at the dial. So that was the polished side. But the other side was that matte rough, you know, actually go and do something in it. Was it hard to get Tag Heuer to accept a dial that looks nothing like their other aqua racers or were they totally open to it i think i was very lucky is that i had a, i had a long time in the museum um and we picked out um four or five things out of the museum that i really really took as kind of pieces to create this watch one of them is a stopwatch. So that is the orange. If you're looking at it, it's, that's the little orange minute markers just behind. There's those little kind of the black and orange. And that came from the stopwatch. And actually, it was red and orange, uh, red and black. Um, and then the dial, actually. Um, I know that you've been to the Tag Heuer Museum, but, you know, on the displays, you know, there's a circular d displays that you look down onto. Yeah. Um, they've got basically these grooves going all the way through. And they're... they're horizontal grooves um and i wanted to kind of emulate that um the display they have these um like almost metal grooves and and you only notice it when you look at the lights shining <laughs> across it and for me that that inspired the circular um but isn't it amazing that you can't just have a cool like look you have to like with the swiss justify it like it's already part of you like they, they're so afraid to invent anything like it's it's silly right yeah, but I also think, you know, you've got to look at the past to create a future product. You have okay. to, you know. But in the know, past, they didn't I, always do that. <laughs> when, when they made amazing stuff, they're like, hmm, let's no, make something look, new. Kentucky. No, no way. Did did they think about, you know, or or let's say the Prowploff or, or the Bullhead or any of those things? I know. But what I would say to you is, let's say the orange, the orange of this, you know, orange boy, um, the orange aqua racer, but the original one that they did, um, I, I, you know, all of those watches, I go, actually, why not respect, have a little bit of respect for that to do something new? And I think that the aqua racer case, I, I, I was like, what do I want to have something that you don't feel like, you know, 
it, it just felt like it, it is the sporty watch. And what is the opposite to the Monaco in some ways? You know, the Monaco is iconic. It is, you know, there's so much history behind the Monaco that we, you know, you could, we had to jump it so far different to do carbon, to do, you know, and we had to kind of tie in that. This for me was like, actually, I could do something. And, you know, I'm, I saw on some of the um, comments on uh, when you posted about it was, uh, you know, oh, this don't look the at first... the comments. Didn't you learn that a long time ago? Never look at the comments. Do you know, though. I've got a card that um, is on my d- desk and it says, if I was everyone's cup of tea, I'd be a mug. Um, and, and for me, <laughs> it just makes British me smile. That's the most British thing I've ever heard in my life, by the way. Um, I, no, and, and the other thing is I don't drink tea, so it's kind of, but what I love the idea is if I was everyone's cup of tea, but what I, what I, there was something in one of the comments and, and actually one of my teams sent me that thing and said, this is the first Bamford paired back design that they liked. And I thought, actually, I kind of loved that someone actually had said it's paired back because it isn't, you know, we've, we've thrown a lot at this. But because of some of the things that we've taken from the history, it kind of feels like actually it's paired back. But there's so much that is going on with the watch. But hopefully it's subtly done. Hopefully. I mean, look, there's a ton of interesting little details for sure. But I think what I was trying to say earlier, and again, you have to be a sort of cultured aficionado to understand, is that you made a tool. And tools, by definition, they have a bunch of functional elements that are yeah. allowed to have a fun design but they don't have extra. In a sense, they're devoid of decoration. So how do you have something cool and tasteful and colorful and neat without it looking like it's decorated? And that's the challenge. Well, I think that was, that's working with a great team. And, you know, I know that you, you said about the Swiss industry, but those guys, you know, it is very nice working with someone else as well. You you know, you do have a back and forward uh, forth. Um, You know, collaboration needs to be that because, you know, both of you need to feel a little bit of pain. Both of you need to feel a lot of glory. And and I think that's, you know, when something comes out and you get a sale like the, um, the G-Shock or, or, um, you know, like that G-Shock, you know, for me to get that and have a number in my head that I go, it's sold out in this amount of time, you know, I'm like, really? I'm like, firstly, thank you so much to everyone that brought one. And down to, I know this sounds strange, I I was walking along the street and this is not, you know, I'm not saying, hey, I, anything like that. I, I was um, outside the Tag Heuer boutique. Um, we'd done a bit of a, uh, the press launch, uh, the UK press launch. Um, and I was out and I'd been posting those outside the boutique and this person came up afterwards after that and said i've got your g-shock on and i was like that's freaking awesome someone that i've never met and he'd just seen on our social media and he'd been shopping at selfridges and he he just was like hey i've got your g-shock on and that that just that just made i mean firstly doing the press launch at tag Heuer and then seeing someone that afterwards and I was just like I think my ego had kind of blown I think my head had just blown up and then my ego I, I mean like I couldn't get in the taxi afterwards but it's a good it it's was, a good high it's a good high for sure yeah it was kind of amazing high. okay so here's the question yeah. now you have visibility in a way that is even more so than you have before I think that back when you're doing the Rolex stuff it wasn't quite clear who was like the more popular name. Was it people were getting because it was a Bamford or was it because it was a Rolex? You know, it was a lot of different competing directions. Now, 
the Bamford name as sort of the brand you've made it within the watch space is having independent appeal. And with that comes the responsibility of having a message associated with what you do, right? I guess you could not have a message, but you're an opinionated person, right? So now you have a responsibility to put a set of values behind what your brand means. Have you thought about what that might be? Uh, I probably keep on going back to that thing of like um, uh, the magpie idea of I love looking at product, but it's also what watch do I want in my world? What watch do I want on my wrist? You know, um, the, uh, the GP Laureata Ghost. I love um, Jero Perigo. I love the... Another uh, watch you just came out with, like literally days before the other one, which I'm curious about. What's up with that? Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a sec. But what okay, I'll okay. say to you is... Well, actually, I can tell you about that. This is called 2020, where nothing goes to plan. <laughs> um I mean, the plan for this was to launch it for this. Well, actually, both of them were meant to be either side of the summer. And they came out within days of one another, basically during the winter. Yeah. Uh, You know, this, this, uh, you know, the ghost for me uh, now is it's it's a white Christmas. It's a white uh, watch. But for me, I wanted that summer, fresh, cool, um, ceramic it's another new material. I mean, for everyone else, it's the closest thing to a luxury watch that has ever been designed for a stormtrooper, I, a Star Wars stormtrooper. Oh, I love that. Oh, I, I, yes. I, I, I feel like when this comes out, that's got to be the quote that I've got to, I've got to put somewhere. This is that's awesome. Um, no, I, look for me. I love the idea of doing something totally opposite and something that you know i really love you know there is some watches that for me uh, you know i loved like the omega alaska um and i love that white or a white with the red and for me that was just such a cool watch um you know i bought the very last one from omega no way yeah and it's funny because i got like the press discount at the time when they were doing that so like now that watch is worth i guess a lot you know but i got it for (laughs) Like, basically, you know, like dealer pricing. <laughs> oh my god! And I got yeah. the very last one from them. Oh, you well, you firstly you're lucky, and secondly you're lucky, and thirdly, what the hell? You are so lucky. Um, but anyway, look. So the Alaska for me um, was one of the things. Um, also, just working with ceramic. You know, I when I was talking to Jared Perigo, I was like, what? What colors can we do? What can we do? Um, and there's three colors that we were wanting to go with. And white for me was one of them. The other thing is I wanted this to be something that I could wear it. My wife could wear it. My mother could wear it. Um, and, you know, it was that watch that could work in so many ways. Because I'm also known for black. So the opposite to black was white. Um, and I was like, hell yes, we've got to do white. And also, you know, I wear it black. It still feels so- very Bamfordy, I have to say, even well, though it's it's white. I, I I never for a moment looked at it and be like, that's not George. Like it totally fits you because you could have like I'm thinking about, you know, you know when a guy will wear like black pants but like a white sort of tuxedo yeah. jacket or something like that. Like it could totally go with a look like that. Obviously, not always as formal, but it could go up to that formal. Yeah, that's that was, and also the thing is for me, I wanted something. I, you know, when you're looking at size, I wanted it to be a unisex size, um, and that was something that um, 
was something I was pushing for because I was I was wanting something that, you know, could could sit in a space where you could have have it and it just pops and and you know my wife can wear it and and you know both of us can wear it. I wear it on a rubber strap. She wears a full ceramic, and both of us it suits us. It works. Um, you know, for me, I'd rather it, uh, but not at this time, but I'd rather it be on the beach and, you know, having it as that kind of like, you know, just a fun watch. Um, but as you say, you know, um, smart with a suit, it really does. It's something totally different and people go, oh, wow, I haven't seen that. And also how it's been made, the ceramic is beautifully done. It's a mat with a, and a semi mat. um, uh ceramic um and that was one of my things and i also wanted to have that play on the dial um and you know working with jared perigo was was great because this all started with a client um last year um we got asked before christmas um by a client could we do a cat's eye for them for their wife and I went, uh, I don't know. I don't have a relationship with Jerry Perigo. I don't have a contract signed with them. And he went to me and said, um, could you go and chat to them? And I was like, okay, uh, you know, what's the worst that can happen? They can say no. And right. they went, they went, oh, yeah, let's do something. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so you want to work on the cat sign? I was like, yeah, yeah, for this client. And they were like, great, wonderful. Why didn't you actually put it on your website and do a customizer? And I was like, are you sure? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And then it just kind of, you know, come one year later. Um, and you know, this has come out and it, that was kind of, and we were talking about the ghost in February last year, uh, this year. So it has been a COVID year of, of, now, of that implies of course, that you don't have an exclusivity with LVMH. Obviously, you I have had... to have I have to have a contract with whoever I'm working with. Okay, that's that's my my the stipulation is so whoever I'm working with I have to have a contract that says I can I I can I can personalize their watches and that's that's just doing T's and C's in the right way. But yeah, what's course. great is is working with these brands. You know, I, it's it is you know as Jean Claude said. Um, and I think you said you're coming out of the shade or you're, you're, uh, and, and into the sun. And that's what Jean-Claude said as well is, uh, and I totally agree. It, it, you know, we're in the sun, I'm talking to the brands and we're having great chats, but also I, you know, I think you and I've chatted earlier about this is the, you know, these brands are making some awesome moves at the moment. You know, there's some CEOs of these brands that are really knocking it out of the park. You know, we talked about Julien Tournay, um, uh, at Zenith. I mean, he's just done an amazing job. And, he, and him and I, I love chatting to him. I love, love chatting to him. I love talking. I love what they've done this year. I mean, what they've done with the Defy this year, they just keep on knocking it out of the park. And then you've got like someone like Chris Granger that at IWC, you know, he hasn't made a foot wrong at the moment. You know, there's some watches that you're just like going, God, I want to nick those. Sorry, right. no, Chris, IWC, I don't want to nick your watches, but you understand what I'm meaning. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 still a great time to be in the watches. I think we were talking about when we first connected earlier was that we had no idea what the pandemic was going to do to the watch industry. And yet, you know, regardless of what everyone anticipated, 
people have been into watches as a, as a, as a sort of a distraction and escape. And so people have been yeah. buying watches. The, the industry is active. There's a lot of creativity happening right, right now. Um, <clears throat> people know that the future is going to have growth and innovation and, you know, lots of celebration across the world. So it's like there's this impending sense of momentum that something good is coming for the watch industry. No one knows quite when or what it'll look like, but there's going to be a very active jolt out of whatever's yeah. happening right now. And, and we all sort of sense that we're looking around like, is it going to be in Asia first? Maybe the US? Maybe you guys in the UK because things are going to return to normal and maybe it's going to start there. No one really knows, but... You know, and on top of that, there's all these new models like direct to consumer and yeah. building in smaller quantities, especially like these or these collaboration watches. Like the what is what worked 15 years ago in the watch industry has almost no application to works now. I mean, a good watch is still a good watch. Don't get me wrong, but the way you sell, the way you market, uh, the way that you you form connections and relationships with people that you want to call distributors and i.e. partners. That's that's all change and people are still figuring out. And you and I are in sort of this like like you know, soup of like proteins and things like that, which hasn't quite formed like a cell or an organism yet. But like we're just we're the building blocks of the next generation of the watch industry. And it's it's anyone's guess what it'll look like. I mean, I'm sorry for trying to make it look like an amoeba, but that's kind of what it is right now. It's like a primordial soup of like the the elements of life. Definitely. What I'd also say to you is when you're talking about, um, you know, the customer's voice means so much this now, you know, and that's something that um, hasn't, you know, social media has given people a lot bigger voices, you know, and that has been one of the most amazing things at the moment is that people do say, actually, I hate this, you know, as you said about the comments on your, on your posts, um, you know, whatever it is, you know, and you said, don't look at them. But the thing is, people's voice meaning, <laughs> meaning more and more and more. And, you know, people are actually saying, I like that. And then they're, they're voting with their wallet. They're not, you know, and I also would say as direct to consumer, um, you know, unless you're someone like Watcher Switzerland that is really knocking it out of the park, you know, you're, people, if I'm, an, if I'm a, let's say, if I'm a manufacturer, I'd look at my retail or my dealer market and go, you know, the information you're giving me is blue watches are in. But actually, if we, you know, direct to consumer, let's say, um, or, you know, what Reynald did at Omega, you know, with that Snoopy, you know, he's gone, this is what we're doing and this is how we're doing it. And, you know, and we're launching it. And, you know, I bet retail was like, really? But he's done it. He hasn't done a limited edition. He's done a limited run in time. I think that is it's a knock it out of the park moment. I mean, look, these are it's it's great that you sort of admire these people. But when people admire you, going back to sort of what your values are, it's you. You are someone that obviously is very cultured in the space, and that's why you you make a lot of the right decisions. But when people look at you, what lessons do you want them to learn about? how to make nice watches, how to appreciate good design, how to, you know, form good relationships in the space. Again, you know, what are those values that you you and your brands should stand for? Do you know, for me, uh, it's, I know it's probably sounding a bit weird, I wake up every morning excited about what I'm doing that day. And, you know, on design or anything I'm doing, I love jumping into the brands. I love understanding. I love understanding you know, excuse the pun, what makes them tick. 
Um, you know, I love the whole thing. I, 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 I'm, I'm like a kid on the outside of this. You know, I feel like I'm back at the flea market every day, discovering new things. Um, you know, oh my God, I found this watch, or oh, you know, I love that design. Or so I'm always that for me is, you know, I think going with your eyes open and enjoying the world. You know, I, I remember talking to a photographer. And he said, get out of the photographic industry when you're bored with taking a photograph. And, you know, I thought, actually, you're totally right. This was an old photographer and he's someone I totally respected. And sadly, he died. But he he was very much like, you know, if you don't enjoy taking a photograph, don't, don't, you know, don't go into it. And the same with, do I enjoy watches? Do, is my wrist always got a watch on? Yes. Is it, do I change my watches most, most days? Yeah, probably. You better. You know, I've, I've got the Aqua Racer on. I've had it on for quite a while, but I, I do, I do change my wrist. Do you do that? Do you have like the little affair? You'll be into it for like, like two or three weeks, and it's not that you won't, you'll stop liking it, but you just don't wear it every single day. Do you have that? I have that sometimes. Yeah. Like a new watch yeah. comes in, like you know, we're gonna have a hot affair, and then uh, it yeah. calms down a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're kind of good. No, I do. And also, I come back to like an old favorite. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I, um, so my old favorite, I, I've, I've, I've just put in my uh, go bag, um, because I've, I've, I've got to go, um, shortly to, um, I, I'm, I'm going somewhere else. And so I stay in the night, uh, somewhere else. And in my go bag is my Monaco. So the carbon Monaco. And I'm like, hello, old friend. I haven't worn you for a while. And it's almost like, oh, you know, are we dating again? <laughs> so, you know, and I can't wait to put it on. And, you know, for me, because I always have in my bag a loom pen, um, I can't wait to put the loom uh, or the UV pen over it to look at those subdials again. And that would yeah. that would just make me smile. Oh my god! Instead of carrying one in my pocket, I know what you're talking about. It was almost an accident because I have one that's also a light, but I realized I have a little yeah. UV light in my pocket. And now I'm that nerd. I turned into one of you guys. I'm like UV lighting my watches all the time. I, but you know, it, but it just makes me smile, but it's it not to it show does. anyone else, you know? And the other thing is I don't have a safe where I have watches sitting in it that are box papers and sit there and don't ever get worn. Because for me, I love, I love the first dink I put on a watch and normally I make a dink before I even uh, put the watch on is because I always change the strap. And I, All right. I sometimes make a little scratch there just so then I go, yeah, I've got it out of the way. Um, and, you know, I don't have any show ponies. I have everything is on my wrist to enjoy. I, I Okay, we're coming to the end of, of, of this show and I sort of thought about some fun thought experiments we could do. Now... You're you're a very down to earth person. <clears throat> I know that, but not everyone does. And if they sort of look at your persona, you sort of live the lifestyle that a lot of these watches are meant for. You know, for example, like the original Royal Oak. It's like who's the guy who on the weekends goes on his yachts and boats but still wants to wear an expensive watch that's steel. Like, you know, who is that guy? It's like, oh, well today someone like that could be, you know, George Bamford. You like your cars? You know, yeah. your family takes cars to basically beauty pageants and stuff like that. Like you live the lifestyle that a lot of these brands say we're making watches for. I'm thinking like Along and Zona sponsoring, you know, a few of these, you know, concourses. Rolex, of course, sponsors that. Like they're imagining like individuals like you. So you live the life. And if you take it a few steps further, you also have the persona. And again, in a sort of like comic book celebrating age, 
you could very much be like a Batman. You have this like family industry. You could be making cool secret gadgets and stuff like that. So the thought experiment is with the ability, superhero or supervillain, which way would you go, George? Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, I, I, actually, um, where I'm sitting now, I've got a photograph. Uh, I've got a photograph behind me of Batman because I just love Batman. Um, mm, makes so sense. You, it's all you, coming you, together now. No, no, definitely yeah. not. No, uh, no. I, when you say Batman, look, Batman, uh, especially the um, Christian Starts Bale Starts with Batman. the letter B. Just want to say that. I know, <laughs> I know. Badass Batman. No, uh, definitely not. No, I, lo- I love Batman, I think. He is. Uh, I think the Christian Bale one, um, the first one. I love the idea of that disappearing. You know, I. You know, when someone says origin stories, I always go, "Oh, well, I was climbing up a mountain in Nepal." You know, I always kind of think that that always goes through my head because I always think about not origin. Um, but you know, if you're asking about superhero, Batman would have to be it. Um, I don't know what would be your superhero. Well, I think the idea is that you could be a real life superhero, like like. Out of all the people I know, if anyone actually could possibly get away with, I am building a bat suit and a Batmobile and stuff like that. Like it would be you, right? Oh no, this is just military stuff. Oh no, this is construction equipment. No, it's actually your, you know, your crazy car. And you have made your own cars with like Bentley and stuff like that, right? So yeah. like plausibly, you could fit that mold, right? So okay, so you you want to be more on the hero side, but very deep and mysterious and kind of dangerous. It's like you're the good guy until someone crosses you. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I hopefully I, I always have a smile on my face, so hopefully that's that's the good thing. But I I, I don't know. I always lo- I just love Batman because Batman it hasn't got a superhero thing. Do you know what I mean? He's just, he's got his wits and, and I want to got... fly. I don't know about you. Super strength and all that stuff. Super appealing if we're going to fancy world. I'm just saying. Well, you know, teleport. I'd love to be like, you know, I'd love to teleport. But so that's, useful. That's, you know, could you imagine? I could just go and say, hey, we're doing a podcast in LA today because you're there. Boom, I'm there. Oh yeah, great. You know, that would be amazing. But You I could live Batman... anywhere. No commuting yeah. ever. No airports. Yeah. You know, God, that would be amazing. I mean, like, here's roll on the future. Yeah, but again, but, if you were Batman, you could have your own airliner, right? So not yet, be, not yet a superhero. Is is that where this is naturally going, though? Because you're making no, all the watches for it, right? Like, I figure, like, you have the costume, <laughs> and you look. Someone looks at the watch, or like, what does that blue and yellow and black go with? And then they don't know that George has actually designed an entire costume, and that's just sort of the icing on the cake. Uh, no, de- definitely, definitely not. But I, I, you know, <laughs> if if you're saying about superhero, Batman would be the coolest. What about yours? What would be your superhero? I don't know. I mean, like I said, I think one of the wonderful things is it celebrates his boy fantasy of having like just crazy strength and freedom. And you know, growing up in America, and I'm learning this a lot now during the pandemic. You're say Superman. You know, well, it, it may be something like that. But again, like the freedom to do what you want is the ultimate fantasy. Yeah. And and superheroes can do what they want without, you know, repercussion. And that's a that's a wonderful thing to think about these days. That's why these like superhero movies are so popular. So I'm not saying there's like any one. Have you watched Boys? Yes. I, I was thinking about that. Hardcore. Just... How many times do you, does the head need to explode in a single episode? I was like, it's nuts. It's amazing. It just it, makes th- me smile. I mean, like that is like superheroes on on kind of like it's just like it's what you're describing. So I think uh, no, it's uh, look. I, I would say to you is if you if we're going down the route of those superheroes, I think you're right. It is the thing of doing what we want. But I think 
what's what I've realized during all of this uh, time is, you know, to to enjoy this moment, whatever the moment is. I've got my kids at the moment that are, um, you know, about to break up for Christmas holidays, and I'm just like, I can't wait to be with them. I can't wait to have a bit of that time, you know, and also have the time to to rest a little bit. You know, it's been a Jesus very active Christ, year for from, us. Yeah, but when we fly again, Jesus Christ, we, I, you know, I'm, I've got a bucket list of places I want to go. You know, I'm, I, and I've Nepal. also got. No, I, honestly, <laughs> well, no. I, I do you know? I want to go to. Um, I want to go to Ethiopia. Um, I'm desperate to go to Ethiopia. There's probably better times than right now. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, exactly. But I want to go to Lalabal in Ethiopia and and go and see those churches in Ethiopia because they just look absolutely amazing. And you know, and uh, and you know, there's a few things where you just go. Actually, I want to go and do that. I want to go and hug people. I want to go and go to Singapore again. I want to go to Australia again. I I want to go and watch a, a a Formula One race again. You know, there's all these things that I'd love to go and do. But also, it all sounds. It's funny because I used to think I want to go on vacation to nature and tropical beaches. Now it's like I want to go see people and human yeah. activity. Oh yeah. <laughs> I want to be in big crowds. I want to go to a yes, rock concert exactly. and just go, yes. I want to go and see Bruce Springsteen because I've just got into him. I mean, like, the weirdest thing is I'm sitting here. I'm about to hit a birthday, and I'm sitting here going, I've just got into Bruce Springsteen. What the frick has happened to me? Hey, Bob Dylan's next, right? Yeah, no, no, I've, I've already been into Bob Dylan. Bruce Springsteen, like in the last month and a half, I am like literally rocking Bruce Springsteen that I want to go to one of his concerts. No matter what, I want to go to one of his concerts. I don't know why, but I, I and I've, I've been YouTubing his concerts. I've been everything. And I'm like going, I want to go to one of his concerts. I think you should And I want that. to see people. I want to go to a, and then I want to go to a mosh pit because I just, want to feel it i want to feel people going into a mosh pit because i don't know why so you need to make a mosh mosh pit resistant watch that's well, is that your g-shock that's probably a G-Shock. I, I, no i think i think it's the aqua racer i think the okay. aqua racer really is the go anywhere i'm like you could, you could use it as a weapon right you could put it in front of someone's face get away I, maybe I, g-shock's I gonna be very soft that. g-shock's yeah, like I, the boxing glove of weapons right yeah yeah, they're, they're both, I tell you, they're both kind of there. They go anywhere in their own ways. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. George, this has been an amazing conversation. I hope I hope you'll come back uh, to oh, yeah, Superlative. Yes. And the next time we'll, we'll we'll do a video show. I promise. Perfect. And I, okay, I thought of one idea. Tell me if I should pitch yeah. this to eBay because you and I are clearly like we use eBay as a sort of cathartic shopping tool. It's really fun for us. Yeah. This is the idea. You and I have like a mission. We'll call it like the dream garage for watches. We'll take like a budget or a theme and be like, okay, three chronographs or like the coolest watches you can find for a total of like 200,000. And we just surf on eBay looking for this stuff to satisfy these weird little prompts that we give ourselves. And and we just okay. do a bunch of episodes of this. It's basically like Ariela and George shopping for watches on eBay. Hell yeah. I, 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 I'd, say, I, I'd say it has to be weird. So what oh, I mean yeah. is... It can't be the usual kind of like, hey, I brought this. It has to be things like doxers. It has to be, you know, I, I like there's some Instagram accounts where I'm I'm watching them because they just put up the coolest, weirdest watches. And that's what eBay does for me. You know, it's just kind of it's it's that thing of like, why did I buy a Tag Heuer pen knife? 
last last <laughs> night. I brought a I don't know. I, I, I don't know why I brought it, but I brought it. And because it said Tag Heuer on the blade of the pen knife, and I messaged the guys at Tag Heuer and I said, um, did this exist? And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, it did. And they said, oh, we've got one brand new for you if you wanted it here. And I was like, yeah, I just brought it on eBay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where you're just like, yeah, you know, I, I just love I, – I, it is no, it's for of... it's for the George Bamford Watches Museum that in the future will be your nonprofit that you can use for advantageous tax purposes. Oh, I didn't even think of that. No, I, 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 it is. It's that cabinet. I, I have going up my stairs. Lawyers now, like have... us have to think ahead for yeah, for you. Yeah, you, you have. That's to, what we're at, that's to. what we're doing for you all the time. Anyway, look, thank you so much, and let's do this again. I'm I'm on for that. Everyone, the man is George Bamford. You can go to Bamford Watch Department's website. Uh, the latest watch is the Aqua Racer, Tagler Aqua Racer Times Bamford. It's very, very cool. Check out his stuff. George, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much. Speak soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Superlative Podcast. Support the show by subscribing and rating it on your preferred podcast platform. For questions, comments, and ideas, please email the show at superlative at ablogtowatch.com. For the latest in watch news, reviews, and culture, visit ablogtowatch.com. Thank you for listening to the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? 